Well, good morning. We're right on time. Let me start with a couple short announcements. Um, first of all, thanks for coming. I'm, I missed being here last week, but thanks for coming. I'm on the 25th of April, I believe it is. Um, is Jim Hunt here? Jim Hunt? The 25th of April. It's the last Saturday of April, if that's what it is. Here at Grace Point, you may have heard, there's going to be a conference, a men's conference called Iron Sharpens Iron. Um, and um, it's, a, it's kind of an offshoot of Promise Keepers. They're trying to do really small venues all over the country and um, in different parts of, the, of cities. And so, um, uh, really, we're just hosting it. We, we're not... We don't have anything else to do with the conference. The group that sponsors it came and looked at our church and said we'd like to use your church if we could. And so we said they could. And they've been working with Pastor Rex with the details. If you want to be part of that, on our website, there's an advertisement for that. You can click on it, and it'll take you to, I believe, their website and where you can register. Um, if you want to go to that, if you're interested in it, I would suggest you register as soon as possible because this place will fill up fast. And uh, I think our capacity is 700 men. And so, I mean, who knows? I mean, the chapel's involved and some, a group of Catholics, um, a whole bunch of other churches. Now, I don't know how many men will come, uh, but I'm, I'm sure this place will be filled up. There'll be some special speakers. There'll be booths all over. To, to, really, it's going to be a, a crazy day. But if you want to have anything to do with that, you better jump on the, the website and get get registered. Just wanted to mention that. Also, I don't know if you knew this, but we record what we do on Tuesdays. It's not the greatest recording because when people stand up, you don't hear them, and that's okay. I just wanted to get a flavor of what is happening, what um, what what I say, and maybe some of the prayers, and, and last week what Keith said, just in case you miss, you can get um, an idea of what's going on. Last week I listened to, uh, I got the the DVD or the CD from last week, and it was really helpful, and I really appreciated getting that. So if you're interested in that, um, what what do we do, Dale? It's on the too. Oh, it's on the website. How do you, how does that work? I believe it's also on podcast on the website, if possible. I mean, I don't know what all that means, but I feel real cool to say that. So I don't know what it means. but <clears throat> Very good. But let me start with a word of prayer. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, we are on a journey with you. And now, where do you want to take us today, Lord, on this journey, this ongoing journey? We leave it up to you, Lord. And even today, in this hour, take us where you want us to go. We are completely at your mercy. Thank you for those that are here today. I ask, Lord, that you'd speak to all of our hearts, that you would draw us closer to you, and that you would teach us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I do want to thank Keith for taking my place on, on, on last Tuesday. Um, I listened, like I said, I listened to what went on last week, and uh, it made me miss even more being with you. Um, at the end of the 
CD, he prayed for Carla and me and, and the family because we were, we were at the funeral of Carla's brother. And I just wanted to give you a little update or a little report since you did pray for us. Um, Carla's brother <clears throat> had a difficult life, um, but the last few years of his life, he came back to the Lord and was growing in the Lord, and we were grateful for that. Um, because of his difficult life, uh, the funeral could have been rather complicated. It's a long story, but um, the amazing thing about it was it was so smooth, and everybody that came was uh, was very, well, they felt the presence of the Lord, and, and I, that was really a blessing to me when I, re- when I listened to what you guys prayed about last week. On Monday, uh, a Monday afternoon, when he took a turn for the worse, um, he was very heavily sedated, and he was not awake. About, I think, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, his pastor came to visit him. There was a few people in the room, and, and while his pastor was there, um, Jerry woke up. And the pastor went over to him and said, um, Hi, Jerry, how you doing? I just wanted to come and pray for you. And Jerry looked up at him and said, I am the worst of sinners. And the pastor said, Jerry, have you asked Jesus to forgive you? And he said, yes, I have. He said, do you believe that Jesus forgives you when we ask him to and comes and lives in our hearts? And Jerry said, I I believe that. He said, well, Jerry, you're forgiven. And he said, at that time, a peace, he just had a great peace come over him. You could see his The pastor said his whole countenance changed. He took a deep breath, and that's the last time he woke up. And then Carla came that night. She arrived at midnight their time and went right to the hospital and spent about three hours with him. Um, She doesn't know if he heard her or not. My daughters were with with him too. Um, Went home just to catch a few hours of sleep, and at about 8 o'clock in the morning he passed away very peacefully. Um, At the funeral, I'm I'm only saying this because you guys prayed for us. (laughs) At the funeral, um, I don't know, some of you have experienced this, I'm sorry to say, but there's two parents standing by a casket, Um, Carla's folks, and they're just weeping. That's their boy laying there. And I asked them later, "Um, how are you holding up? And they said, you know, I... We, we, we just can't believe that our son is dead. He's gone. He said, through it all, through all of it, we have felt the arms of the Lord lift us up and draw us close. And I thought about that conversation just the other day when I listened to the CD that you guys prayed for us. So I just wanted to say, Lord, thank you for my brothers who took time to pray. You know, there's something to this prayer stuff, brothers. There's something to it. It works, and I think that we have been cheated from it for years, either maybe by our own self or by our enemy. We've been cheated from the the blessings of prayer. What we're trying to do here is bring it back and ask God to make us men of prayer. You see, just showing up for 14 weeks, give or take, to a study on prayer, just to show up for that doesn't change anything necessarily putting into practice what we discover during these days, these weeks, that's when things start to change. 
One thing I appreciate about this book so much is it's so practical, isn't it? And it's stuff that you can even go back to. You can go back to a chapter now and then and say, you know, I can do that. I can incorporate that into my prayer life. And I just am so grateful that so many of us are giving it a shot. And again, I've said it before, but if God can get a hold of us, those of us sitting right here in this room, if He can grab us and help us to become real men of prayer, it will change the spiritual terrain of this church. It could even change the spiritual terrain of this city. If we would go around and ask each one of you, where do you work or where do you go, where do you live, it'd be all over this city. Who knows? It just could change the whole terrain of the city. Did you leave your pride at the door, brothers? Hope you did, because we're all here to learn from the Lord. We're all learners. There's no experts here. There's no wrong way to pray. Let's start together. Last week, uh, Keith talked to us about patterns. Get into a rut. I like that one. Pray on the armor of God. Isn't that good? See, these are, these are practical things. Uh, on Sunday, I, I talked about... Among other things, spending a few minutes with the Lord, just quality time. If you're here and you haven't spent much time with the Lord, increase it a little bit. Carve it out. Start embracing the Lord more than ever before. If you have a good spiritual life, if you are um, really good at embracing the Lord and drawing close to Him, keep on doing that and get even deeper. But get into a rut. Pray on the armor of God. Pray the attributes of God. Pray through the, the fruit of the Spirit. Maybe one or two of them. Whatever is lacking or whatever the need is in your life that week. Pray about the body parts. Did you like that? I like that one. Pray the body parts. Pray for friends. Pray for the world. And on and on and on. We are going to begin to incorporate some of those things little by little into our Sunday morning prayer. It's going to be good, I think. And the Lord's going to use it. But... We can make a difference in our lives if we give God just a few more minutes. Well, I'm not a real man of prayer. I mean, I haven't really done that. But you can be. Anybody can become a man of prayer. Do you believe that? Anybody can. Let's jump into chapter 4. Using the natural promptings of life. To pray again, a very practical approach. This is this is very simple that we can use to become men of prayer. You know, when you put some of these things into practice, um, I know some people think, "How can I spend fifteen or twenty minutes in prayer?" But if you put some of these things in prayer in practice, fifteen or twenty minutes will go by just like that. That's the great thing. If we can just incorporate some of these practical things into our lives. Make prayer such an important part of your life that it is your first reaction, not your last resort. I like that. Let me say that again. Make prayer such an important part of your life that it is your first reaction, not the last resort. The first prompting that the Holy Spirit uses is, according to our our author, is uh, when we are anxious. Somebody, if you have your book... On page 64, read for us Philippians 4, 6, and 7, right at the top of the page. Somebody read that out.
Amen. Look at the second paragraph. Look at those words. Whenever we find ourselves worrying about something, a little alarm should go off in our minds. Time to pray, time to pray, time to pray. I like that. The promptings of the Holy Spirit. This is so basic. It's so basic that I get embarrassed when I find myself fretting and suddenly realize that I haven't prayed about my concern. When we are anxious, pray. Three phrases at the bottom of page 65. I really like those. Just, just a few, few phrases at the, in the middle and the bottom of page 65. If something is big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. You can do all sorts of things after you've prayed, but you can do nothing of significance until you've prayed. I like that. And then, this is, this, is, this is where we live. The top part of the bottom paragraph on page 65. I'm too quick to problem solve and too slow to pray. That's true for me. How about you? Wouldn't it be great if we would, before we problem solved, that we would just ask God to lead us and guide us, and then we would problem solve? Wouldn't that be great? I think our problem solving techniques would improve exponentially. What do you think? When we are concerned, when we are anxious, rather, we take time to pray. Uh, on page 67, at the top of the page, it says, Prayer is helplessness plus faith. When we are anxious, it is a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Did anybody, anybody get any truth or, or anything from this that, that you'd like to mention before we move on? When we are anxious, pray when we're anxious. Anyone? Yes, Phil, speak up so that everybody can hear. You know, um, what really spoke to me was the, the pray before your problem comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. It's really for a lot of us. I know this is true for me. It is. It is rethinking where we start. It's rethinking our relationship with God, really, and putting Him before everything else. Of course, that's what the Scripture tells us to do. But in practice. In our everyday lives, it's a little more difficult because of the, maybe because of the pace of life, because we are confident maybe, because we're capable, I don't know, whatever it is, but it's on purpose turning it around and asking God first before we plunge in. It's, it's getting to the place, it's building the habit into our lives of saying, God, where do I start with this? Of course, in the morning when we wake up, sure, God, whatever happens today, would you lead me? Would you be there? Would you help me to acknowledge you in in each step? But then through the day, when there is something that makes us anxious, our first response is to pray. Now, to get from here to there, sometimes we're going to be anxious and start to problem solve. And I pray, God, that you would break in and we would say, oops, I'm sorry, Lord. Let me back up a minute. Let me pray and then we'll get back to problem solving. It's God 
helping us get from here to there. And I don't know about you, but I don't get there overnight. I'm a hard nut to crack sometimes. It takes me some time to get to where God wants me to be. But the journey is part of it. We, we, we fall down, we blow it, we mess up, we get up and the Lord speaks to us and we say, okay, Lord, all right, help me the next time. When we are anxious, we pray. The next, <clears throat> the next prompting that the Holy Spirit uses, according to our author, is when we are joyful. I like this one. I like the, the phrase that he says, um, I wrote it down, I don't remember where it was, but the phrase that he says that joys shared are doubled. I like that. Be joyful always, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17 says. Be joyful always and pray continually or pray without ceasing. Again, it is a lifestyle of continuous communication with the Father. It, it, it doesn't mean that we are constantly praying, eyes open, eyes closed. It doesn't mean that. It just means that at the drop of a hat, we pray. Whenever something confronts us, in this case, in this context, the joy. When, when there's something that's, that gives us joy, thank you. It is, it is an occasion when the Holy Spirit prompts us to pray. Thank you, God. I remember last year, my daughter, Kara, and her little soccer team, Went down to Florida, eight teams all together for the national championship. Now, it was the NCCAA, the National Christian College Athletic Association. This isn't the biggest deal in the world, but there were eight teams down in Florida vying for their national championship. Well, we would get on the phone, and, and, and every time the game was over, she'd call, and they won the first game, and won the second. They, won, they ended up winning the whole thing, I know, because... I've got the, um, I mean, this is cool. I've got the medal right here, you see. It's not that I'm, I'm not proud or anything. It's just that, it's just that, you know, when I went through this with my daughter, I mean, I was there the whole time. You don't mind if I wear it, do you? I mean, it's hers, but she's my daughter. And if it wasn't for me, you know, she wouldn't have been there. So, um, I had something to do with it. But that gave me joy, not because of the, the game necessarily, that was part of it. What gave me joy was to see her have joy and her team. And she, at that point of her life, she needed that. You see, see we pray for our kids, and, and most of the time they give us joy, sometimes pain, but most of the time they give us joy. And my wife and I were praying that my daughter would really be encouraged. We'd been praying this for a number of weeks. We didn't have any idea that they'd go to the national championship and play there and win and all that, but, but that was an answer to prayer. That gave us joy, and we just had to take time and thank God for His faithfulness. In joy, we thank the Lord. James chapter 5, verse 13, Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. In a paragraph on page 70, the last paragraph in this section, the pattern is obvious. When God's people have something to celebrate, they are quick to communicate their joy to Him. Let occasions of joy prompt you to pray. Pray while your emotions are still bubbling. 
not after they lost their carbonation. <laughs> I like that. Anybody learn anything in that section? Anybody have anything that they, that they want to share about that section? When we are joyful, we pray. Anybody? Larry says he thinks we should be joyful. Amen. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. All right. The next one that our author mentions is we pray when we are tempted. It is a prompting of the Spirit that when we are tempted, it's time to pray. Why should we do this? Well, for one reason, Jesus was tempted and he knows what it's like. We pray when we're tempted because we are praying to someone who understands what we went through. Um, on page 72, I want to take a moment and, and read this little section that, that was really good. It's right in the middle of the page. It starts with every temptation. Listen to this. Every temptation is a solicitation to illicitly fulfill a desire that God wants to satisfy in a good and wholesome way. Listen to what James has to say on this score. First, he defines temptation as the product of our runaway desires. Each one is tempted when by his own desire he is dragged away and enticed. Next, James tells us not to be fooled by this process. Don't be deceived, my brothers. In what sense are we likely to be fooled? And what is the truth that will deliver us from the deception? James spells it out. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. In summary, James would tell us to remind ourselves when tempted that the very desires we are pull that are pulling us towards sin can be met in a much better way by presenting them to the giver of all good gifts, by asking the giver to satisfy us. When I read that, it brought tears to my eyes, I must say. May the giver of all good and perfect gifts satisfy us. Think about that, brothers. Who can know how to satisfy us more than our Creator? When we are tempted... It is a prompting of the Spirit to go to God and ask Him to satisfy us. He talked about King David. That's a heartbreaker every time you read it. King David, when he committed adultery with Bathsheba. 2 Samuel chapter 12, God says through the prophet Nathan, I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you the house of Israel in Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? That phrase, I would have given you even more. Can we just spend a few minutes right here? Let's pray together for a minute. <clears throat> Lord, would you satisfy us? 
I think about all the things we get into, Lord. Everything we're involved in. At times trying to seek satisfaction. Would you help us to come to you, Father? Lord, would you satisfy us? Would you speak to us, Lord, at this moment with your still, small voice? Lord, we need you. Help us to live lives that say you are our all in all. Oh, Lord, satisfy us. And may you be enough. Yes, Lord. Would you say that to the Father in your spirit this morning? Lord, satisfy me. Lord, satisfy me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, Jim. Well, it's just the, the bottom line, we all know God created us like we are. And He created us with desires that, that our enemy tries to pervert over and over again in our lives. And it's always coming back to the Lord. Lord, You satisfy us. Amen. Anyone else? Something in that section? Yes, Brother Ed. was an interesting concept in that in that uh, in that area of the book where he says that that a lot of times our um, temptation is eased when we give in and then we move on to the next time and and so it was harder 
I never thought of that. It was harder for Jesus because he never gave in. There was never that release point, if you will. It was an interesting concept. Okay, the next thing the, the um, author talks about is a prompting, a time where the, the Holy Spirit prompts us to pray is when we are concerned. And I'm not going to spend too much time on this one. When we are concerned, I think that's kind of obvious. But, but here, let, let me just say this. This would be great if all of us could, could agree to do this together from this day forward, that whenever someone shares a concern with us, whoever it is, and however it's shared, verbally, over the phone, an email, when someone shares a concern with us, that we stop and pray for them. And it doesn't have to be a long prayer. There's no wrong way to pray. Should we say that together? Let's say that. There's no wrong way to pray. It just isn't. It's just talking to the Lord. Um, so whenever someone shares a concern with us, take a moment to pray. I've done this a few times over emails. Back when I was a field director in, in Russia, you know, it was hard to get to all the missionaries in that vast area. Often I would pray for a missionary over or through an email. And, and the first time I would do that with someone, they would respond in surprise and appreciation. They would, they would respond like, that's the first time anybody ever prayed for me on an, in an email. And it touches them. Or on a phone call. Somebody calls on the phone and ta talking about a concern. Can I pray with you before you hang up? And if it's never happened before, they'll always say, man, I, nobody ever did that for me. Thank you. That was, that was good. And especially in person. A couple of weeks ago on Sunday, this happens more often than not, a couple of ladies came up to me in the foyer after the service. Service was over. We prayed all the prayers and the service and all that. The, the service was over, and they came to me. They had this, this legal issue they were dealing with, and it was weighing heavy on their minds, and they were sharing it with me. And so I said, after they were finished, can I pray with you? So I, I gathered them around and put my arms around both of them. This was a mother and her grown daughter, and I prayed with them. And at that moment, they got very emotional and appreciative. Now, they went through the next week, that, that legal issue, and it worked out the way that they hoped and prayed it would. Guess what? Thanks, Pastor, for praying for me. Your prayers made the difference. I don't know if my prayers made the difference or not. What was the tipping point in that? But the point is, my prayer at the point of their expressing their concern really helped them take the next step, if you will. So wouldn't it be great if all of us would just practice that. I would love to see someone, some of you in the foyer, off to the side or down the hall, just have your arm around somebody praying. Wouldn't it be great to see those of us in the church just, just praying for each other when you're even not supposed to after church in the foyer? Wouldn't it be great when someone has a concern, let's just, in our, a way to rethink this, let's just stop and pray. That would be great. Yes, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Well, even I had to have a neighbor down the street that walks his dog, and his dog's name's Opie, and Opie is on sedatives, I think, because the dog never does anything; he just sits there. 
My dog. And so he walks his dog back and forth. And we talk from time to time. Oh, a few months ago, you know, I asked him, how are you doing? And he said, no, not good. My son passed away. And his son's 50-some. Who's telling me about that? And I asked him, is it okay if I pray for you? Now, this guy goes to church down the, down Leo somewhere. But he was so appreciative that, that a neighbor would pray for him. Do you have enough guts to do that, brothers? One of your neighbors just shares a concern, just, you know, across the backyard fence. Would you mind if I would pray for you? You know, I've never had anybody turn me down when I've asked them that, ever. Yes, Jim. Prayer works, brothers. That's, that, that works. You know, can I say, I think it's more powerful when laymen do it with, with each other. I, I really think it is because then other people are saying, you know, it's not a pastor praying for me. That's my brother in Christ. He doesn't have to pray for me. Then we're getting it, brothers. Then we're getting it. Let me just share you one, one little story. There was a, um, as some of you know, a couple years ago, there was a, a guy that was coming to our church, bringing some friends, and he was gay. He got really sick. Um, and he was in the hospital down in Indianapolis for, for weeks. And I'd go down and visit him now and then. Well, he had this friend named Roger. Roger came to church with him maybe once. He, he, was, he claimed to be an atheist. And, and I remember one time I went to Indianapolis and I sat in the room with this guy who was dying, uh, gay guy. And I just sat there. I had to have this gown on and all this. He was um, contagious, whatever. Uh, they didn't want me to give him germs and all that. So whoever went in had to dress all up. So I just sat in there for about 20 minutes and just prayed, Lord, you know, how do I respond to this kind of stuff? Would you just... Fill this room somehow, Lord. You know, I was getting emotional about it. And I left, and there was a sitting room where family and friends of people in there would sit, and Roger was in there. So I went up to Roger, and I said, Roger, can I pray for you? He said, I don't really believe in that. He said, I'm not. I'm an atheist. I said, well, it's all right. I believe in it. Can you just let me pray? I I need the practice. He said, okay. (laughs) So... You know, now this is taken, you know, this, this, this is a stretch. I put my arm around him, and I said, uh, 
you let me pray, Roger. I just want to pray for you. And I prayed for him. And, uh, you know, I said amen, looked at that atheist, tears rolling down his cheeks. And I thought to myself, you know, Lord, it would have been more comfortable not to do that in a way. But I'm so thankful I did. Now, I've lost track of Roger. He's not the kind of guy that really wants to hang around people like me. But I still pray for him. Promptings of the Holy Spirit when we're anxious, joyful, tempted, concerned. And here's one that maybe hits some of us when we're angry. Do any of you have anger issues in your lives? Think about that. Some men do. Are there people in your family that are afraid of your outbursts? Think about that. Now, this little section talks about loving your enemies and all that, but what I want to talk about for a minute is um, anger issues in the church. Just for a second here. There are some people in this church that, that, that don't really like each other, and they, they just get on each other's nerves. You know, whenever I see that or am part of that or hear about that, people come talk to me about that, I'm thinking, you know what? God wants us to show them out there how to deal with each other in a Christ-like way. Don't you think? Don't you think? So when we get angry, it is a prompting of the Spirit to pray. There's a sentence on page 78. The minute we redefine enemies as those who get under our skin, we have a lot more people to pray for. Anyone learn anything or God speak to you in this area? Prompting of the Spirit. When we're angry, we pray. Yes. Praise the Lord.
But you were saying, Bruce, that when you started praying for a hunger and a thirst for God, then um, you you started to be more aware of his promptings. Is that what you're saying? Let's pause a moment. Can we all ask God to give us a greater hunger and thirst for him? I want to, you know, this is holy ground. I mean, this this is rubber meets the road place right here. And um, the promise is, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, what? Will be filled. Lord, we're here to learn to pray. Because we want more of you. Would you give us, Lord, all of us here, a hunger and thirst for you? Right now, Lord, would you increase that longing in our soul for more of you? Oh God, change our hearts. Make them new. Change our hearts. Help us to be like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That was good. The last few few words on page 79. Prayer is always a great first response when we're anxious, joyful, tempted, concerned, or angry. But, but wait, Pastor Chuck, that means I'd be praying all the time, right? Now we're catching on. Now we're catching on. We're making progress here, and all the people said... I wanted you to get in just a couple of groups, just some groups of three or four. Um, I know this pushes your, your comfort zone, but we're learning to pray. Let's just get out there. There are three or four people, and, and I like what Keith did last week. A couple, let everybody know your name and, and then pray. And I've, I'd ask you to pray first that, that you would thank God and, or praise Him for something. Just a sentence there. Now, if you aren't to the point where you can pray out loud yet, just pray to yourself and touch the person next to you when you're finished. But really, I'd encourage you to just blurt it out. If you've ever talked to anybody, you can talk to God. All you have to say is, God, thanks for this study today. Or something like that. All right? Just say it. Check your pride at the door. Three, three or four, start with this. Um, thank or praise God for something. Go around the circle. And then the second thing, when that's done, would you just share a concern or two? Something you would like someone to pray for you about this morning. If there isn't anything today, just go on, pass it on and then pray for each other. Let's do that here in the, in, in the next few minutes. Don't forget to make sure everybody knows who you are.
Amen. Amen. In the chapter today, or this, this week, um, the author mentioned the book, The Journey into Victorious Prayer by Bill Thrasher. Anyone wants to look at it, it's a great book. Uh, if you look at my books, they just have a lot of underlines in them, so great, great book. Um, I'm really serious, personally, about this Lord Teach Me to Pray thing. I'm trying to read everything I can find on, on it. I'm trying to ask the Lord to move me to places I've never been before, and I pray that you'd pray the same thing. I'll probably say this until you're sick of it. The potential wrapped up in this room for God is just unbelievable. I can't get over how many of you guys showed up. I, I just I can't get over it because of the potential. But it's not just coming. It's putting into practice what we're finding, what we're learning, this practical stuff. It's carving out some special time with God. A couple of assignments. On page 80, I know you love assignments. I used to love assignments in school, didn't you? <clears throat> page 80, number 6. Here's an assignment. In order to recognize the Holy Spirit's promptings to pray, keep your eyes and ears open this week to situations in which you are anxious, joyful, tempted, concerned, and angry, and pray. When you feel those emotions coming on, try this this week. Pray first. Um, another assignment that, that I mentioned a couple weeks ago was um, go up to your wife, if you have one, take her by the hand and just say a little prayer for her. Why not? Why not? Here's another thing I'd like you to do. As the Lord speaks to you and helps you to grow through this study, would you... Send me an email or call me or tell me in the foyer. I just want to know that God's working in your life and in your heart. And if God says something to you, let me know. I'd love to hear about it, okay? That's good. Um, also, don't forget about the iron sharpens iron if you're interested in that. Um, Jim Hunt, are you here yet? I saw him come in and leave. He had to leave. Okay. Lord, I pray that you would bless my brothers. I pray, Lord, that as we all go into our day, that we would go in the power of the Spirit. Somebody say amen. Amen. That we would go in the power of the Spirit, lifting up Christ where we go. I pray, Lord, that every single person that we come in contact today, from our family members to our co-workers to strangers on the street or in the stores, whoever we come in contact today, Lord, will you help them to scratch their heads and say, what's different about that guy? He's been with Jesus. Lord, thank you for my brothers. May the blessing of the Almighty God rest upon us now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, brothers. I know this may sound sissy, but I love you guys.